2: go to pretty com and use code acast for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Rossi, and with me this week, as always, are two magnificent co-hosts from Blizzard Watch, the site that lives to talk about Blizzard games. Uh, it's pretty much our raison d'être, hence the title. Um as always on this podcast, we'd like to introduce the two co-hosts, and I'm going to go first with our indelible Ann Stickney because I want to ask Ann a question. Anne, you're from Colorado, right?
2: Yes, I'm living there yeah. currently.
1: Uh, I yeah. wanted to ask you, like, what, what's the deal with the, with these Calhoun paint mines? What, what is mean, that? What's,
2: what, what's what the deal?
1: Yeah, tell me about it. I, I I just found out about it last night. I couldn't find a lot of information on it, and I was like, I thought to myself, Anne will know about them. Cause Anne likes to go weird places, so.
2: Well, I know like a little bit about them, but only a little bit about them because they're actually on the other side of the state from where I'm at. So yeah, I never... also
1: found out that Colorado is a very big state.
2: It is. It. It's very large, and this is like way closer to Denver than it is to where I'm at. I'm like on the other side of the state, but I mean, what do you mean about? Anything?
1: Because literally, anything? all all I could I could find out almost nothing via the Wikipedia entry, and very little otherwise. So, what are they? Do they mine paint there?
2: No, I think they call them paint mines because I, th- or I think the name paint mines comes from the fact that the landscape looks like it's been painted. Ah, okay.
1: See, that's more than I knew.
2: Yeah, there are a few areas where they've got descriptive names like that. The reason, p- here's the thing.
1: I'll tell you why I got on this whole thing. The
2: reason I was looking at Colorado
1: was because I remember the conversation we had five years ago where you mm-hmm. said that Colorado looked like thousands of needles.
2: It does my backyard and, looks a lot like it, and i was looking
1: for I was looking for images of you know things that looked like thousand needles, and I stumbled upon a picture of the paint mines, which is like green and pink and yellow and red and i 'm like They're what are the
2: bizarre they 're very bizarre yeah. the ar- the archaeology or not the ar- archaeology the the um, geology the geology around here is very strange, like in the particular area that I live in. I call it my backyard, but it's really like the next ridge over it's this very desert looking with the stone peaks and th- and it literally it looks like thousand needles. It looks like thousand needles when you go driving back on it it's it's you know a monument. If you go across the valley from here, the mountain across the valley is all forests and there's like moose and deer and reservoirs and lakes and all that other. All in just this one small area. It's this weird little ecosystem. Th- and all of Colorado is like that. <laughs> like the regions change drastically.
1: Probably depends on like how much rainfall they get and stuff because you're it does. either on one side or another side of a mountain, which would affect it's that. It's
2: that, and it's also the elevation.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, uh-huh. Now now it's, we'll move on to introducing the uh, editor in chief and Grand High Poobah of Blizzard Watch, uh, Alex Zibart. I don't have any questions about um Wisconsin this week. Um but I'm sure I will at some point because like I said, part of the thing I'm writing has says has like a scene in Wisconsin. So
0: I want, now, Alex want- to oh, tell- Are we talking to me now? I was playing Fallout yeah. Shelter while you guys are going on about I
2: wanted I want I want Alex to tell us about the Mulverine.
0: The Milverine. The Milverine. Yeah. Thank you. I live you. in Milwaukee, not Milwaukee.
2: Sorry, Mil Milverine. I want you because to- that was the best story. Um, and yes. Tell us about him.
0: Well, okay. Milwaukee, it's a city, but it kind of has, uh, still has like a small town feel where when something weird comes around, everybody knows about it. There's been this guy in Milwaukee who has been known for years. He walks everywhere, hours, like hours upon hours, every single day. Very, this very aggressive uh, pace with his, you know, his arms like action man pose.
2: He's power walking.
0: And he looks like the Wolverine. And uh, I went to Polish Fest last week, Friday, and I had the the most Milwaukee day ever. Like, I had Polish food and listened to polka music and went and got ice cream and we're driving home and there's the Milverine, like, power walking down the street. And it's just seeing him in person was fantastic. Like, this man is the spitting image of Wolverine and he just struts around Milwaukee all day, every day.
2: He apparently has his own Facebook page. He does.
0: Like he I has. I this up after you
2: mentioned. It.
0: <laughs> like, I
2: find this amazing. Chad's
0: asking, "A Wolverine or the Wolverine? The Wolverine. He looks like, like Marvel Asian. Wolverine,
1: Logan, the the Marvel Comics character whose real name is James Howlett. Yes, that's who he's talking about.
0: Like, just Google Milverine, and you will find a Facebook fan page where like thousands of people from around the world have are talking about this guy
1: and now that we've had that uh we should probably move on to the yeah e- that wasn't oh, much no, of a no. story
0: it was more just like describe yeah. a man that lives in my city
1: we should probably do we should move back to doing a couple of news things real fast because one thing happened last week that happened literally like the, the day after we did the podcast oh yeah so we didn't get to talk about it last week so we're probably going to talk about it this week um they announced flying in Drenor.
0: yes uh, they
1: and, did how how they're going to give it to us is different than they've ever done it before. Um, I'm, I'm gonna like. I think we should hold off till the end of the show to really get into it. But I'm going to at least tell people it, it's basically achievement based this time. Uh, you need to do a bunch of exploration achievements in Draenor, and you have to get two uh, reputations to exalted or three. It's
0: two. Two. Is
2: it to exalted or it's revered?
1: It's revered. It's revered. Okay. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's even, even. And I, I mean, getting
0: to revered, revered, revered is really the easy part. So yeah.
2: Exalted would have been like, oh, you got to be kidding me! Revere, I can handle that. Can yeah. handle that.
1: They also, um, they had pushed the Q and A to the thirteenth. The Thirteenth was this weekend, so the Q and A happened, and we now have answers to the various questions. Obviously, a lot of the questions they were getting were probably flight based, and I think they they didn't they say, um, that they yeah, the, deliberately moved the Q and A so they could do the announcement of flying
0: basically and so they then won't
2: have the I should just
0: just yeah. real real quick for clarity's sake, it's 3 to non reputations to revered.
2: Oh, is it 3 to revered? Okay, yes. I thought it was 2.
0: Okay.
1: So yeah, it's 3 to non reputations to revered, um then bunch of exploration achievements. Yeah. And yeah, they also moved they I guess they moved the Q&A to this weekend. Says so well, it's just happened. Basically so they could avoid having to answer a million questions about flying and and then make their announcement. So, yeah. And uh, apparently there's going to be some um, Starcraft and Heroes of the Storm news tomorrow at E3. It Possibly. hasn't happened yet. They've, they've announced that they're going to have the news. They, they've said, yeah. we're, going to do so- we're going to announce something. They haven't said what. We have no idea what it's going to be. It could be those games are going to happen. It would be like, we we know. How big the news
2: is going to be, we don't know. I believe
0: Um, they've said it's going to be something related to Heroes of the Storm, probably just new heroes, and something story related for StarCraft 2.
2: Yeah, PC Gamer said that Blizzard, it, it said very specifically, Blizzard will be revealing new stuff from Heroes of the Storm, so... Maybe a new hero, maybe a new map, we don't know. And then StarCraft II stuff. And StarCraft II hasn't really been defined, but they did say somewhere that they hadn't talked about the story of StarCraft II in a while. So they were probably going to address that. Um, So So it should be interesting. It's just going to be a little segment because they're doing the uh, PC gaming show is tomorrow and uh it's like we don't really
1: know any more than that and you know by the time that you hit, you hear this show if you're not listening to it on the stream they may have already made their announcement we just wanted to mention it so you know that we know that they're doing that yep okay so all right we'll move on to emails as is always the case if you have an email you want to send to the show uh send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com blizzardwatch all one word and, you know, we will be more than happy to try and answer them. We got a, a decent crop of emails this week and selected as many as I thought could fit. So we may not get to them all, but, you know, we try. One of these actually was on last week's email, I think. And if it wasn't, I meant for it to be on last week's email, but didn't get read. Uh, any, anyway, we'll go with the first one who is, uh, as always, I need help from my co-host to pronounce names because I'm terrible. Uh, I'm going to say Hagion. Would you guys say Hagion?
0: Or um, Hagion? Hagion is what came to mind first, but because you said it, I'm going to say Hageon.
2: Hageon. Hey, let's do that.
1: So, so, if your name is pronounced Hagion, I apologize. But if your name is pronounced Hageon, I have been saved from mispronouncing it. So, either His way,
2: name uh, is now Hagion. Hey, for short. Yep. Hageon.
1: He says, "Greetings, watchers. Wow, well, who slash what brought the holy light to Azeroth? We know that how the powers that mages, warlocks, and shamans wield came to Azeroth." Titans, demons, elements, uh, respectively. But we don't know how the clerics of old, who eventually diversified into priests and paladins, came to know of and call on the light. We, we know that the light will abandon those who turn their backs to it, uh, e.g. Arthas, but will not forsake its champions, e.g. Bradenbrad. This implies to me that it's not simply a philosophy, but an actual power out there somewhere. But in our knowledge, no Naru has been to Azeroth before the BC era, unless you think Elune is actually Elune. And that's yeah, there's an apostrophe there. You can't really hear me pronounce apostrophe. My apologies. Uh, keep up the great work. Light be with you, hey, Gion, uh Human Paladin, Whisperwind U.S. Um, I don't know that the light actually turns its back. It, it abandons people. I don't know if that that's really a, the proper way to look at it. It's more that Arthas abandoned it. You know, the the idea that you know if you're not calling on it, it doesn't respond because you're not calling on it. But I, I we think, know
0: that it. The light is very ill-defined in how it works cuz uh, I oh, yeah. believe in one of the novels doesn't like the high council of the silver hand or whatever strip the light from somebody? Forcibly? No, they attempt to.
1: They attempt to, but they fail. Okay. Cuz it's Tyrion, they do that too. Right. Uh and it's t- including guys like Uther here. It's a whole bunch of Paladins and like, including Uther, Uther was on the Council. Uh, Tyrion spares uh, Eitrig, and they you know, they like to, to declare him a traitor and, and say, you are cut off from the Light, and then it fails. It didn't work. The Light doesn't listen to what people tell it to do. So I think he's right in that the Light does seem to have some kind of personality behind it, but I don't, I mean, Zeliac stands out as a really big example of the Light saying, yeah, you're undead, but I know your heart is pure, so... And you know that dude is sitting in the middle of Noxramas, completely under the control of the Lich King, and he can still wield the light. Um, so the light seems to know what you mean. Like, d- does that sound does that sound kind of crazy? When we say it like that, that the light knows what you mean. Uh, I don't know. Anne, hello. The,
2: the light is like. <sighs> Practicing the light and everything like that, the way it's been described isn't so much of like, oh, this is a set of powers that you get or anything. It's like a philosophy that you follow. And if you follow that particular set of philosophy, like that particular train of thought, that particular mindset of a paladin or a priest or whatever, then you're, you're able to wield the light. But it's never had like any kind of solid definition to it.
1: Um, yeah, and it does. But he's right, and it does seem to have kind of like it can make its own mind up. Yeah, like it, it doesn't seem to care if what. Well, the other thing comes to mind is when you find out in B, and this was BC, like when Yadrin shows up mm-hmm. uh, to to demand help, and they're like, you know, the light never actually turned its back on you. You know, that was the point. That's why. That's why Muru went to went willingly with you in the first place, and she's like, he went willingly with us. So that's kind of, that's it too, right? Yeah, because the
2: light didn't give up on you, you know.
0: this is why the light is so hard to talk about, because I think it's represented in multiple different ways in-game with completely different meanings. Because, I mean, for the interpretation we had with when it was just the humans and dwarves, the philosophy worked fine. It was like tapping an inner strength, you know, and I think that worked. Yeah. And the people who were still faithful and still believed in their philosophy still had that inner strength no matter what happened to them. And the people who lost their way, lost the light.
2: And that's why Zaliac could still right. use the light. Because and then you get into yes, Burning he had Crusade. been corrupted, but it wasn't willingly corrupted.
0: Right. Then you get into the Burning Crusade, and the Naru come in, and the Draenei have a completely different representation of the same power, and you run into situations like the Broken, who did forcibly have the light taken away from them. Whereas previous examples, that wasn't possible because... Oh, was wait, whoa,
1: whoa, strength. whoa, hold on, hold on. But that actually, you know what I just remembered... When Velen shows up in the Swamp of Sorrows, he addresses mm-hmm. that his his exact argument is no, the light didn't abandon you. It's just that you know the light isn't the only force in the cosmos, and you know evil
0: doesn't just sit back and let the light do whatever it wants. Well, that's exactly uh, what I mean. The Drenai see it as yeah, an external but it's force. Not, it's not. Contrad- it's not represented yeah. as an internal force.
2: Internal. But it's
1: not. Yeah, it's not really contradictory though, so much as it's just a different way to look at it. I mean, the Drenai view that the cosmos responds to you it's a microcosm you are the universe divided between dark and light fighting that war inside yourself but and outside of you the universe responds
0: the light we had in vanilla wow did not work that way though no it didn't it was, really it
1: was, have to work yeah. that way because they didn't they didn't have the similar understanding it's literally it's interesting to me because it's a different way of looking at it which is what you're saying but it's the fact that they can have different ways and then they they broaden that even more because they brought in the Torin.
2: With the the idea is, is, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's something completely yeah. different. They, they yeah, exactly. Call it paladins. It's not even the same power. Except it
1: still is the light, even though it's the light of the sun and the light of the moon. I mean, I don't know. The, the Night Elves have priests and they have the light of the moon and they're doing that and it's just all weird.
2: Eluna's it's just, just all weird. The, the so is Anshi. They're both Naru and they've been granting everybody everything light related. It's and that's the end that's of that. <laughs>
0: conversation it's represented in so many different ways and it doesn't always jive together.
1: Well here's the fact, and then they went and brought the Titans into it. Because there's a Titan I, I want to say tear. But no no it's Noroshen. Norishan wields the light. Yeah. Specifically the light. Yep. You know when you when you do Siege of Orgrimmar when you're doing the the you know this Veil of Eternal Sorrow he straight up uses the light he's he's you know and now it's like wait the Titans can use it and the Titans use it in this particular way.
0: Well, I always wondered about Tyr because Tear went missing from Northrend. Yeah. We ended up getting Tear's Hand, which is like Paladin land. Yeah,
1: and now it's the, the Paladins are all inspired by him. Like, I was going to
2: say the short story that the, the Dragon one. Yeah, yeah. The, the one, uh, Dawn of the Aspects. tears uh, yeah. actually in that story, and he does lose his hand in that story. Um, and I think that's where the whole silver hand thing kind of generates from. So maybe when he was done with the dragons or whatever, he went down south or went elsewhere or did other things and inspired that. I don't Social- know. I've always, like, I've always subscribed to the theory, and it's probably nowhere near anything, like, true that... The Naru are somehow related to or possibly a different form of a Titan. Um, and that's why it's all kind of interconnected and weird. They're Titans yeah, the, skin
1: the Naro the Naru seem too comprehensible, whereas the Titans really don't. But it, it's interesting to note that there's this whole thing about how when you know the when the were degenerating down into humans mm-hmm. that they some some they i guess some really nice vrykul gathered up all the little human babies and took them south to get them away from their crazy relatives yeah and they must have stayed with them because they would have died i mean you can't just take a boatload of babies and stick it you know in the middle of what was then troll land <laughs> let's just it's, abandon
2: you all down here in the jungle but so they, it's they okay you're whole-
1: vrykul, sort of you're fun for yourself <laughs> Uh, you give that baby a spear, it'll be fine. <laughs> there's this whole thing about they had a legend of t- about Tear, and that's where Tyr's yeah. Hand gets its name from. And I don't know if that's actually the case or if they just named it Tears Hand when they were making the game, because, you know, why not? But I, I like that idea that this legend of this Titan being became like the inspiration of this Order of Paladins who could then touch the light. And then I'm starting to, like, you know how it's underneath... This is getting kind of into Know Your Lore kind of TFH. You know how there's something underneath tears fall that drives people crazy yeah and we used to argue that it was probably an old god what Maybe. if it's not what if See, it's this always... big reservoir of the light underneath you know there's some kind of light you know Attracting
2: naru or something fairies.
1: yeah why not they like light.
2: why would why would why would that drive the blood elves crazy because it's because it's too pure you know, that these are guys. Doesn't who make go- any sense though, because They're they guys. became paladins later. This is yeah, getting wacky. Getting-
1: yeah, it is getting wacky.
2: See, That's I always, it- did, I, I always figured that if there was a NARU anywhere buried anywhere, it was under Eastern Plague Lands, because you've got all of those towers. Oh, mean, with mean, light hope? beams. Yeah, well, yeah. like Light's Hope, you've got Light's Hope, but you've got every tower go. in the Eastern playlands If you go through and you look at them, they have the same beams of light that go up to the sky. That's present in Shatrath above it all. Hmm.
1: I still like, think it might be an
0: spell effect.
1: effect. I think it might be fall, though. I really do, because I mean, the thing about this is that the, the Blood Elves, in order to when they were the High Elves, they had to make it a Sunwell in order to be able to endure it.
2: I don't know. So.
0: Tears fall, more like tears fall, am I right?
2: Oh my god, it's tear. Tears fall, oh my gosh. Wow, good job, Alex. <laughs> Maybe it's dead tear, that's what's under there. It's yeah, the it's... ghost of tear, spooking everybody or, or, out, I don't know.
1: He's, he's not even dead, he's like no. He's, like, uh, Rodden. he's down there chilling. Down there with his hand, lip cut off, waiting for people to come down. He's going to be a raid at
2: some point. He's got like All a right. chair set up. T V He's on. watching E three
1: right list. now. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna move on before Ian proposes that that he's in fact behind the Final Fantasy reboot. <laughs> uh, okay. This one is from Durrell I'm pretty sure I'm actually pronouncing Durell's name properly. So it looks right. Hey guys. Tiritha. So I recently resubbed in WoW after a long break from WoW. I got my main a gnome assassination rogue to 100, but stopped very soon after that. Do you have any suggestions on what to work on first? Is it even possible to still attempt to get the uh, legendary ring if I start now? Thanks, Darrell. Yeah, it's possible. Um,
2: Absolutely.
1: The first part of it is actually relatively quick. Like you can get up to the point where you start collecting. Uh... Oh man, I can't remember the name of those things that you collect. The first stones. One.
2: Yeah, the, the Abrogator sense. Stones
1: things, yeah, you can you can get your Abrogator Stones pretty quickly. It's the second part that takes longer, but you the can Black at least Rock catch up to the Abrogator. Yeah, the Foundry part's pretty long. But keep in mind that, you know, right now, until 6.2 comes out, that's where it stops anyway. So you might as well go and see how far you get.
0: And, and yeah, you get, you get an upgraded, like a more and more upgraded ring as you progress through. So even if you end up not getting a Legendary Ring, the rings you get from that are better than the rings you get from other sources.
2: It's yeah. a really good ring. Um, yeah, it starts off at 640. Just, yeah. yeah, if you just got to level 100, hop in High Mall LFR. Like, get that started. Um, High Mall LFR has some pretty good rogue gear. It's not the best, but once you get to a point where you can jump into Blackrock Foundry, that's cool. Go there, because there's some good stuff in there, too. Um, the other thing that you'll want to do probably is make sure that you're doing your garrison missions and leveling up your followers because you can get pieces for the legendary quest through garrison missions and you can also get gear through the garrison missions. And if all you're doing is LFR, you'll get normal level gear through the garrison missions and it's very handy. You can
1: also get um, the... the all your work orders on your, in your garrison have a small chance to give you the pieces for the Legendary.
0: Yeah. Yep. I've, so, been not, getting, I've been getting my pieces completely through work orders because I stopped doing LFR. And it's slow. Like, it's really slow going. But I'm almost there. So
1: Yeah, so it is very possible to do. Um, uh, so basically what we're suggesting is get, you know, if you haven't done the dungeon part of the quest yet, do that immediately. Go hit the heroic dungeons and get that out of the way. Uh, start hitting LFR to get your pieces. Um, keep your garrison up to date. Those are things you can do to, to get yourself ready for the legendary quests when it broadens back up on 6.2. And yeah, for generals. To-
0: Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, you don't have to jump into any kind of like hardcore raiding or anything like that just to get your legendary ring or whatever. You can take your time. I mean, I I got mine. I'm at the point where 6.2 needs to launch before I can move on. And all I've done is garrison missions in LFR, and it really didn't take that long. Yeah.
0: And if you're looking for general things to do other than gearing up in rings, um, use the new meta achievement for flying and Draenor. It's kind of a roadmap of things to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's lore master Draenor. There's some 6.2 stuff. There's exploration and treasures. And uh, the the apexus sandbox things like it'll it'll walk you through everything that's there to do.
1: Yeah. So basically, the answer is: is it possible to still attempt? Yes, it is, and that, that's the kind of stuff you should be doing. So that pretty much gets through that one. The next one is going to be an email from Crusader Enigen. I'm going to say Enigen, Does that work for you guys? Anagen, Yeah. Crusader Enogen. Yeah, a or, troll. So yeah. Procedure, uh Adrenaline Warrior, Darkmoon Fairy. U. So, Tidings, Adam, Alex, Anne, and Matt. I've got a couple questions for you. Number one, how much rage do I need to pool before using shield charge while using the heavy repercussions talent to keep charge rolling? I'm just going to answer this right now. All of
2: it. All of it. Uh, no,
1: no, you want... All the rage. <laughs> All you need is about 40. Because, keep in mind, shield, shield charge t- costs 20 rage. Shield slam generates 20 rage. Heavy repercussions is buffing your shield slams. You want 40 so that you can get two charges of shield charge up, then hit, you know, hit your shield slam, generate 20 rage, hit it again. As soon as you get it up again, generate another 20 rage, you're good to go. It's, you want 40. Um, it's not bad. In fact, having more is good. Because you can just you know use as much as you can on other stuff. Like for instance, when you know it's nice to have it for heroic slams, but I mean heroic yeah heroic strikes. My apologies, but you know there's there's shield slam and revenge that both generate rage. Devastate doesn't generate rage, but it doesn't cost rage either. Um, So basically, you're only spending rage on that shield charge. That's your big rage spender. So once you've got up to forty, just start using it. Um, So now the second one is one that we can probably yeah. The second one's one we can probably talk about as a group. One thing I really liked about Heroes of the Storm are the what-if skins from Warcraft characters like Warden Taronda and Iron Regar. Are there any what-if skins you would like to see in Heroes? Uh, I'm going to let these guys talk first. I have a few in mind, but, you know, go ahead.
0: The ones I really like are the ones that are in their own contained new universe, like, uh, was it Countess Kerrigan, and then there's the Witch Hunter Vala... And it's kind of there, that doesn't take place in Diablo or Warcraft or Starcraft. It's just creating a new contained universe that these skins all match yeah. up.
1: It's kind of like a little Castlevania thing, yeah. And they're all part or, of it, uh, yeah.
0: Van Helsing or something like that, yeah. Yeah, it, cool.
1: it felt very it felt very Castlevania to me when I saw it. Um, and
2: I don't know. I like the crossover stuff personally. Like I, I, I like the stuff where it's like, oh look, it's one of the Starcraft characters dressed like a Warcraft character, or vice versa. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I want to see like Jarnai Protoss. <laughs> yeah, stuff like yeah, that, that's one I know? was thinking about um, like, too. Give me that. I want to see that. <laughs>
1: there's, like a Mecha, there's a Mecha Tassadar one that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there's one that's Guldon as Asmodon, as Guldon they call it.
0: Yeah. That one's just that hilarious. One's great. Um, I want to see a a Warcraft Nova skin. That's what I want to see.
1: Yeah, that would be kind of neat. I don't know what she'd be from Warcraft. Ooh, ooh, You know who she'd be? Oh, man. You're going to flip what I tell you. There's two possibilities. One, she'd be uh, Vanessa Van Cleef.
0: (gasps) Amber Kiernan.
1: Or two, she'd be uh, Lillian
0: Voss.
2: No, I wouldn't want her to be Lillian. I like the idea of her being Vanessa. a,
0: a rifle. So she needs to be somebody with a rifle.
2: Eh, Ooh, she should be uh, Lorna Crowley.
0: Oh yeah, Lorna Crowley would work. Although I do know why he's saying Amber with a Karen little hair.
2: flower in her hair. I mean, she I doesn't need be to raised. be
0: somebody. Just give her some like Warcrafty armor.
2: You yeah, know?
1: make her be like yeah,
0: but yeah,
2: like SI
0: Seven Nova.
1: Yeah, the one I I like the ones that are like really kind of like what if ify. Like I'm really fan. I'm really a fan of the one where it's like uh, angry you know, angry betrayer type Malfurion, um, Shando, um, Illidan and Warden Taranda. I think they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, they're not only are they an alternate universe, but they're set in their own little continuity where like everybody went the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, everybody did something different. I think that's really awesome. Um, I don't, I'm not as big a fan of the lumberjack Luther cause it's just kind of weird.
0: let just like, I'm a lumberjack. Right. Now. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'm not. Um, I think there's a, I think there's a couple of them where they're just normal people, like Roller Derby yeah. Nova, and
1: yeah, the one I the, the one I absolutely love though, my favorite of them all, is the um, Diablo female barbarian Sonia with Ashkandi and and Quel in the in the Battle Gear of Wrath, and in it's the not an set, al- yeah yeah it's not an alternate universe. She just some treasure goblin dropped it in front and dropped the stuff when she killed it and she put it on. I just love that. I cuz I can imagine it happening like cuz you know, you know Thunder Fury drops in, in in Diablo. You know? So I could totally imagine she kills a treasure goblin and he drops Ashcondi and she's like, "This looks like a good sword." That I love that kind of thing. I'd love to see more crossover like that. I'd love to see like um like war, like starcraft characters carrying around warcraft weapons just because they picked them up or or oh like imagine if like you know we we'll use an example what if like rexar found like a a a battle suit from starcraft yeah. and he's like he figured he figured out a way to put that thing on i don't know how i but want to see of-
0: them expand the pajama party skins to every hero in the game
2: i want yeah everybody needs to be in on this whole pajama party thing cuz
0: they have pajama ther They have the pajama party lost Vikings. I want pajamas for all, including like the newbrack.
1: Ooh, if they do the pajama thing, Sergeant Hammer has to be riding on a gigantic, you know, whimsy shire pony. Yes, (laughs) it can still have a cannon mounted on it, but it's a big whimsy
0: shire pony.
2: (laughs) Whimsy shire pony with a cannon (laughs) attachment.
0: And if they add Leoric to the game, which I think they're pretty sure they're going to be announcing it at E3, we need Lich King Leoric.
2: Yes. Yes,
0: that'd, of, that'd be great. And we need Skeleton King Arthas.
1: Yes. And then we can have Pajama Party
2: versions of both of them. Pajama. Yeah. Pajama Lich King. That'd be Pajamathas, great. Pajamathas. Arthas, Pajamathas. Pajarthas. Pajarthas. Yes.
1: And now, your time has come. Put on your jammies. And <laughs> Put I on will jammies. Make, we will make s'mores together. I, I
0: think Pajama Rainer should just be him in, like... Heart You're tank top underwear. Yeah. Like yeah, not, like, with not even tank top, boxer shorts.
2: With little hearts yeah. or smiley faces or something. They got a hole in like one. Tiny little zerglings. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, maybe it's I Heart Kerrigan t shirt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next last question, three. Crusader class and wow. Yes, Seven Hells, yes, or by Zacharoom, yes. You you got it you got gladiator stance warriors it's that's what it is it's not as good but it that is what it is that's that's, that's if too you don't, much what it is already and if you don't like that then it's basically prop paladins
0: yeah crusaders like half sword and yeah. board warrior half paladin
1: yeah it's basically that i mean the one i'm i'm no one's going to be surprised to hear me say i want them to pull more barbarian mechanics in because i've said this since 2012 at this point yeah. But yeah, I, I think they should put in more Barbarian stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I like a lot of Diablo stuff. I just don't know how much it would work in WoW. The thing about Diablo is it's a very clicky game. Whereas WoW has the global cooldown. WoW is not about just clicking constantly. They've gone out of their way to reduce click. So... Yeah, I don't know. I like the I like the Crusaders kit. I I really like Joanna and Heroes of the Storm. I think they did a really good job bringing that in and making it an interesting character. Uh, although Lancer. it did cheat, it Lancer. did cheat me
2: out of yeah. Hmm? Speed Lancer in the chat channel says that we need flails in WoW, and yes, yes we do. I agree with that. En- flails and whips and um, you no, know we need is nunchucks. Nunchucks would be cool. Just have- why did we not introduce non I mean, we got monks. Let's, let's bring that in. <laughs> Dual wheel pistols. I like that. Why don't we idea. have any of these things? Because
0: they're floppy, and Blizzard would have to animate actual, like, meaningful physics. <sighs> Look at cloaks in game and realize why we don't have flails.
2: I know.
1: I'm just trying to make mm, that update. I want to see it. This next email is just for Alex.
0: Oh, no.
1: Gumball the Gnome from Moonguard US. Hello, watchers. Greetings from Gumball. So recently I did the instance uh, Black Fathom Deeps and realized it got an upgrade from the old vanilla models. When I did my research, I found out it was updated for Warlords of Draenor. My question is, why would Blizzard update a low-level dungeon for Warlords and not make it a heroic like last expansion with SM and Strat? I almost missed it while leveling, not to mention I believe the group missed it on the leveling bonanza. It's a nice upgrade to the old dungeon with the Twilight's Hammer cult making an appearance. I love old god stuff, and a piece of me hopes they will use this to tie in Warlords to an Ashara expansion. What are your thoughts? Keep up the good work. Uh, Gumball, the reason that they upgraded it and didn't make a heroic out of it is the same reason that they upgraded um, the dungeon in Orgrimmar, Ragefire Chasm, but didn't make that a heroic either. Uh it didn't need to be for the story purpose, but in order in order to keep the story even remotely along the same track, it had to be upgraded because if it wasn't upgraded, then Deathwing was just, you know, around doing Deathwingy stuff. Meanwhile, these guys in Black Fathom Deeps had no idea that their cult had joined up with them and were still doing the exact same stuff.
2: A lot of a lot of the quests that were originally in Black Fathom sent you back to Darkshore and yep. sent you doing a lot of stuff with Night Elves who no longer existed. Um, so they kind of had to do the whole little revamp-reboot thing just to kind of shift it into a place where it made sense. And I think Plus they did they a had, good job with it, honestly.
1: And they had new models, too. Like you yeah. know, When they first introduced the Hydra models in-game, they, they, they were they didn't have the kind of fancy Super Hydra that they created for Throne of Thunder. No. But now they have that model, so they used it. Much like when they upgraded uh, Ragefire... They had the you know crazy you the know worms, the lava up, worms, lava worms, and jacked up orcs. They didn't have when they first introduced the expansion. Uh, I mean the, the the dungeon. So it's just a, it's just an attempt to keep to graphically update it and keep it going forward. Um, we did hit rage fire in the leveling bonanza. We didn't yeah, hit. We, did. uh, we didn't hit twilight. He's he's right. We didn't hit black fathom. Black fathom. Mm-mm. Not sure why we just we, didn't. I thought we did. I think no. we leveled past it. We leveled past it. Yeah, we didn't get there.
0: Did I do Black Fathom on a different character? Maybe. Yeah, Probably. I was leveling my own solo ult around the same time, so maybe it was that. Yeah.
1: Probably was, but yeah. Um as far as them doing it to tie in Warlords to Ashara expansion, I have no idea. I you know I Alex has pointed out a couple of times now and I'll let him go in more detail if he wants to, but we really don't know what they're doing after six point two. We don't even know for sure there's going to be a six point three. Uh, we we, we don't know, know anything,
0: it. yeah.
1: and it's it's one of those things. Uh, what did you say? I can't remember what you said about it.
0: But I really it but was a good point I wanted to make specifically? it specifically.
1: You're talking about how the fact that we don't know what's coming feels like they don't know oh, what's coming. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, clearly they must because they're developing it. But we, yeah, we usually know at least what the next step is, and they've been yeah. keeping us in the dark about that. So. Even though yeah, they must be developing it, it feels like there's nothing coming next.
1: Around this time last time, we knew we were going to end up at Orgamar. Well, maybe we didn't know specifically it was going to be Orgamar, but we knew we were going to go after that guy. We knew that it was going to be Garrosh because he, you know, he kept upgrading his villainy. Like every time there'd be a new patch, he'd he'd like amp up the villain quotient. Like he'd go from, you know, pretty
2: much evil- once they. Yeah, once they brought in 5.1 with the whole thing with the trolls and then he tried to, you know, get Volgen shanked, it was like, yeah, maybe having him in charge is not such a good idea. And that's yeah. pretty much where it started getting clearer.
1: Yeah, the thing about that too is that it was tied into that like whole thing like getting ready for Throne of Thunder and then the kind of ulterior motive that they had, both both sides had going to Throne of Thunder was to get something to stomp Garrosh good. Yeah, and then 5.2 was very much a, he's really crazy now. He's he like, just, he's destroying the barons. And yeah. it just, you know, I, I don't know how to put it. That just was 5.3. 5.2 5. was, 5. 2 5. was Throne of Thunder. Ah, yeah.
2: 5.1 5. 5. was the Divine Bell. 5.2 was Throne of Thunder. 5.3 was the Operation Barons, the Battlefront Barons or whatever it was that yeah. kind of went away. And then 5.4 was Siege.
1: And then like 5.4 was also a Timeless Isle, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, in, in yeah. general, I don't think that we can like say what the next expansion is going to be this time. Uh, well, we have no. I mean, I know there's going to be one. I honestly feel like I know they're not going to announce it tomorrow. Like, there's no way they're going to announce a new WoW expansion at E3. Um, I do feel like they almost have to at Gamescom, but I don't. I, I'm of two minds. Like, I feel like they they almost have to at Gamescom, but they don't do that. You know they—they've never done that,
0: so yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Yeah, I, I think they would either they have to announce it at Gamescom, or if they do it at BlizzCon, then uh, they better have a lot still planned for Lords of Draenor because um, if they announce at BlizzCon, the game's a long way off. Yeah,
1: I mean, it it's one of those things. I don't really. I don't know. I, I feel like if they announce it at BlizzCon, and you know, you guys have actually gotten to go to BlizzCon. I never really have, but it feels to me like if they announce it at BlizzCon, they almost have to have a demo ready to go, a beta ready to go. Like, does that
2: make sense? I okay. So, do you want to mo- know like my tentative hope, kind of yeah, sure. speculation of what they're doing here? Okay, we're going to get obviously we're going to get six point two in the next week or two here, pretty mm-hmm. much, right? I think probably right around August, September or so, maybe. Maybe like mid-August and August, beginning of September, we're going to get hints that, yes, there is going to be a 6.3. It may hit the PTR. That will hold us over. Like, 6.3 will come out right before BlizzCon. BlizzCon will have an announcement. And if they're smart, BlizzCon will have an announcement, a new expansion announcement. It will also have a date the beta will begin. Like a definitive date, so people know what they're looking at. And playable demos, yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, just I don't think that they can go with one of those things that they did when they when they first announced Warlords. They had like a kind of playable stuff, but they didn't like nowhere. There was no beta insight. They just kind of announced it and like left. And then the next year, Warlords still hadn't come out because it was coming out the next week. Which was really strange. Having your beta, having your game launched like the week after BlitzCon was really weird.
2: It was kind of bizarre, yeah. but I, I think I think I think they kind of need to like give us an idea of when the beta is going to be, begin, so that there's something to kind of hype for instead of it just sort of landing and sitting there. Yeah. And um, if they're really smart. They've already been working on all this stuff, and we'll have a beta not long after BlizzCon. I mean,
0: past experience of Blizzard is what makes me really nervous, because they always want to say, oh, we're going to get this expansion on faster. They never have. And you get to BlizzCon, and they hype you up like this is going to be the one, because they say, this expansion is closer to completion at this, at, during this announcement than any expansion before it. They always say that. They say, this one is almost done. More done than any one before it. And it still isn't out a year after that announcement. Every single time. So yeah, I, don't, I can't really argue with you. I don't trust what Blizzard says. <laughs> I just anymore. think
2: we're going to get. I think we're going to get a six point three, and I think there's going to be more stuff in six point three. I'm kind of. I'm still secretly holding out hope that maybe we'll get that whole Shatrath assault raid that we wanted, Rossi. But yeah, um, I'm not like. I'm not crossing my fingers on that one. It's just just like, man, if we could get that, I'd be really happy. If they you add know? another raid
0: tier, um, eye levels are going to be absolutely ridiculous. Gear, right? ridiculous. And this whole like eye level I squish, squish thing they did will it's be like, trivialized. They gated
2: it over the course or, of one yeah. expansion. It's like,
1: mm. unless you know, unless they do what they did with other, like you know, when when they brought out uh, Ruby Sanctum, it didn't actually replace anything, but. It was just know. side
2: stuff,
1: yeah. Yeah, and they've done that before, like AQ. When AQ forty came out, it was basically BWL gear, except for the very end, which was like slightly better. But um, uh, one of the things I'm the, the problem I'm having with it, and then we should probably move on to the next email. But the problem I'm having with it is just trying to figure out story wise. It, it's like, what happened to Guldon? Like, I look at this raid, and it's not... You could end the raid with the end boss of the... The end boss of this raid could be the end boss of the expansion. That's not my problem. My problem is, what happens to Gul'dan? That dude kind of needs to be involved in whatever happens next. He can't just vanish. He can't just be like, well, I, my home planet needs me, and, you know, leave the raid. You No! Know, you, know, you get back here and get killed for loot. And if you don't get killed for loot, there better be a good reason why you don't. I know that you're the kind of person who does that to me, but I want to know where you are. So that's, I, 6.3 to me feels like it needs to happen just to explain what, what is going on. Because I'm getting to the point where I don't know what's going on anymore.
2: Cadgar is going to reveal that he's actually holding the spirit of our Gul'dan. And he's going to kill Gul'dan, the AU Gul'dan, to take his body back. See, I want them Aunt. to put if, if, that
1: true, no, if that were true. I want them to put our Gul'dan inside that Gul'dan, so that yeah. we can have a Gul'dan who's arguing with the other Gul'dan. I just like I a, want Khadgar it...
0: to actually be Khadgar because <laughs> if it's not, yeah, everybody wants all, all it. of these cra- this crazy speculation. Like, what if it's what if it's Sargeras? What if it's Medan? What if it's, it's
2: the, the ghost
0: of Jaina's past? Like, it's
2: somebody asked Khadgar. me how it's Jalen Proudmore. Somebody asked me how Cadgar got Medivh's staff the other day. And I said, well, Madan had it. Like, he had it in the comic series. And then at the end of the comic series, he wandered off with, I think, with Marad. Yeah, I believe Medan it was with Murad He wandered off with Murad and he was like, I'm going to go learn how to be a paladin like, shaman mate. him into space. And... <laughs> I have a feeling like before the, he, he left to go to another planet to, you know, increase his power level or whatever he's doing, the little sand. Anyway, um, I, I have a feeling that he probably just said, well, I don't really need this because I'm uber-powered. So here, Khadgar, you can have the staff and give it to him.
1: See, I'm just telling you, though, I, I really want to see Gul'dan. With another even more evil Gul'dan head floating behind him, going, "No, that's not how you do it. Yeah, you do it evil."
0: We know and, about your Gul'dan. Obsession.
1: Yeah, but it would be great. It would be awesome if the, just if you had a Gul'dan who just was twice as evil. And, and, and the can
0: best we part would be if buy Rossi a Gul'dan plushie at this point, so we can cuddle with it at night. One
2: that squeaks when you squeeze it. See, you make the sound. No, like it a doesn't bad squeak thing. when you squeeze it. When you squeeze it, it says.
1: No, the best part is no,
2: no. The best part (laughs) is
1: seriously, it doesn't it doesn't say everything when you squeeze it. What it does is constantly offer you something horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's like seriously, was he wandering around the world with a couple of demon blood, just you know, waiting for that right moment? Oh, hey, now you guys look like you might drink. He's, you know what he is? He's the surge salesman.
2: Yeah, Uh, he
1: he
0: has one of those things that you wear to like a baseball game to sneak in wine, like a
2: yeah, it's like the flask thing that goes under your clothes.
0: Yeah,
1: like I'm hoping so badly that he took that off and you saw him pour it into the cup. He didn't just open a little <laughs> valve and looked like he was lactating demon goo into a cup for them. Anyway, the next question is from Arwin from Hydraxis. Level 100 Blood Elf Hunter. Uh, Internet is for Horde. Internets, sorry. Internets is for Horde. I'm assuming that's a guild and not just something that you say, but it, who knows. Um... And Rossi and Alex, if he wants to chime in. I'm wondering what you guys think about story in video games and whether or not it can be taken up a notch. Oh, this is going to be dangerous. Could something like Lord of the Rings quality ugh, be written strictly as a video game? No. Can you have the quality of story in a video game? I personally no. have a hard time following the story in some games. I struggle to string together the the bigger stories and WoW, partly because
0: reading quest text is boring How for do you read Lord of the Rings and not get bored? I get bored by I, quest text. Can you only finish the so, email? Yes. We you have
1: the outrage? <laughs> Without looking it up and reading it somewhere else. ROTS games, which I am you know awful at, but will watch them cut scenes when my husband plays, are a little easier. Single-player games like Mass Effect, it's, it's easier to follow, but I find them often fall flat because they don't want to box themselves into not being able to do sequels. What do you guys think? Well, first off, The Lord of the Rings is at best a mediocre book. Serious books, it's not that great. It certainly isn't as good as, say, the Gas trilogy. So
2: many emails from so I'm, many angry. I'm people. sorry,
1: but it's it, not that great. It was it's, the first to be
0: a global hit.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't make it, it quality. I uh, Fritz, Lieber, Fritz I, Lieber's I, books are better. Um, I I'm going li- to literally. I could list like hundreds, but Anne's going to go nuts if I don't let her talk. So I should let you talk because I'm talking right over you, and that's bad.
2: Go ahead. I, I appreciate Lord of the Rings for what, I, what it did for the fantasy genre because it kind of introduced that whole fantasy epic thing and made it a popular thing to do. But Tolkien is very dry and I don't like reading his work.
1: <laughs> I, actually, I actually don't appreciate Lord of the Rings for what it did to the fantasy genre because before Tolkien, we had all this interesting, weird, diverse stuff. Uh, We had, you know, know, HR editing. There was just, like, all sorts of neat stuff. Like the Worm Herberos, there was... You know, Dunsany, there was, you know, James Branch Cabell, there was uh, C.L. You know, Moore. We should
2: probably talk C. about the question instead of the history I, of literature. I am
1: going to, I'm going to get there, trust me. Uh, what I'm getting at is the quality of story in a video game isn't going to be the same kind. Even if it was the best story in a video game's ever had, it's not going to feel like literature because it is a different form of storytelling. Uh, it's it's kind of like the movies versus books argument when people talk about. I'm yeah. going to say this. This might annoy a lot of people. The Harry Potter books work better as films, and they work better as films because they are much easier to absorb in a visual format. Um, I've read them, and I did not like them when I read them. But when I Weird. saw the films, when I saw them as films, I said to myself, Ah, this is why other people like this. See, I, I'm... I still don't like it, but I get why other people do now. The the film medium presents the information in a way that makes it flow, differently than a book does. Books are always going to be different than movies, and video games are always going to be different than either. They tell stories differently, and especially with an MMO, because an MMO, MMOs are still evolving storytelling. One of the things Warlords did really well is they put in voiceovers, lots of voiceovers. Uh, what was you talk- You guys were talking about Spires of Iraq. Yes, and Spires of Iraq does this really well. Uh, when when I went in there, I think I lost my crap in Spires of Iraq because it, they put in oh, no, not Jim Cummings, Frank Welker. Mm. And Frank Welker does the the quests the you know the the main guy who takes you through most of the quests. Hello, come Percy, that guy. And it's really well done because I don't have to read a damn thing, and I still know what's going on. I mean, you there's this weird stuff, like you know, why is Cargath Bladefist there? I don't know, but it it presents the story differently, and that's the thing. That's for me. That's the thing. You, you if you're looking for your story to be like a book, it's never going to be like a book because it's not a book.
0: I'm done. Yeah. Um. I, I was reading uh t- Twitch chat a little bit while we're doing this live, and uh. I just wanted to mention, it's funny to me that you're the only one getting hate for not, for disliking Lord of the Rings, when I think all three of us on the show said we're not big fans of Lord of the Rings. Yeah,
1: but I'm willing to actually say it's yeah. bad.
0: It's um, I think he, he does some things very, very well, and it isn't writing a strong book.
1: <laughs> no, Tolkien is... Tolkien is an extremely good mythographer. He's an excellent essayist. He he created
0: a a great world. He created some amazing languages. I mean, he has a lot of skill that really went into that book. But the book was created to contain those things he was good at, and the books themselves are not really the most compelling to me. They're, They're very dry and boring.
1: If you've never sat down and read his Beowulf essay, you really should, because the man had an intuitive, genius grasp of Middle, of middle and Old English and how the how their mythological transmission worked. Uh, it's, it's, you know, he's a brilliant man. I'm not taking that away from him. I, I don't think I can take anything away from Tolkien. But that doesn't change the fact that even his best friend did not like it when he brought that book out and read from it. When your best friend is like, oh, not more elf shit. <laughs> then you failed somewhere as a storyteller. And keep in mind his best friend was C. S. Lewis. So C.S. Lewis could drone. C. S. Yeah. Lewis wrote Narnia that this is not a man who was like, you know, I ah, I don't even like that fantasy stuff, but let me tell you about my magical lion. So
0: and, and to it, be fair yeah. there, uh C. S. Lewis kind of had a thing where like every story he felt had to be some kind of metaphor. Yeah, Narnia so. very much is, and Lord of the Rings isn't in many ways. So by actually? default, thinks C.S. Yes Lewis was going to be against it. Did we lose Anne? I don't know.
2: No, I'm still here. Okay. okay.
1: I, I wanted to, you know, shut up and try to let you talk, and then Alex went. So.
2: Well, we should probably actually move on because we've only got five minutes left in the show. So. Um. Well, yeah. We got like yeah.
1: That next email's really long. Uh. Whew. Uh. What do you guys think? Should we go for like the uh, next email or the last? Email? We didn't talk about flying. We
0: didn't
1: talk about, yeah. Oh yeah, we got to talk about flying. All right, I'm going to apologize now to both um, Fire Sparks and Doc because I didn't get to your emails, and I actually wanted to talk about yours, Fire Spark, and I actually kind of want to talk to you guys too, Doc, but we didn't. But we should have. We really do have to talk about flying because that was a huge deal. And since I talked over Ann quite a bit last time, I'm going to say Anne should start talking about flying.
2: Flying. I don't know about you guys, but I really like how they're approaching it this way. Well, I think I mean, it's actually like a really elegant solution. So just, you know, to fill people in, we talked a little bit about it when we were talking about the emails. But the way that you get flying, you unlock it by completing a series of achievements. And the achievements include exploring all of Dranor's zones, collecting 100 treasures. Now, keep in mind that there are like 200 treasures out there. Well, more than 200. There's a lot of treasures out there in Draenor. So you just have to hunt down 100 of them, which isn't actually a lot when you sit down and do it. You need to complete all of the major story quests in Draenor. So Lore Master of Draenor, which is, you know, if you've done the quest in every zone, you have that already. Um, there are 12 specific Apexis dailies, and that's the Securing Draenor Achievement. And then you have to do the thing where you hit revered with the three different factions in Tanan jungle. Um, Once you do this, you get an achievement called Dranor Pathfinder, and you get a mount, a free mount out of the deal. You get the Soaring Sky Terror, which has a really cool model. (laughs) I'm kind of actually looking forward to that one. Uh, They aren't, you can't, they aren't unlocking flying the second. Like, if you, if you, for some strange reason, hit revered with all three of these factions within the first seven days, Which I don't think impossible. you can. Yeah, I think it's impossible to do. They aren't actually, like, unlocking it with the launch of 6.2. They're unlocking it with a smaller patch at a later date, probably about two, three weeks out, I'm assuming. Um, and that's just because they don't want to delay 6.2 any further. Uh, oh. it's, it's pretty much all good to go. So This mount is I- actually beautiful. It is, isn't it? It's really gorgeous. It's, it's
1: it's like that one that they had, the one with the two, like it's a it's rilic.
2: It's a it's rilic,
1: but it doesn't have the it doesn't have the metal stuff on it.
2: No, it's and it's and red, it's, and yeah, it looks like yeah. a chromatic version of a rilic. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's like really pretty. The thing that I like about this though is that the stuff that you have to do to complete this achievement and get your flying is the stuff that they would like you to experience from the ground. They want you to do that exploring. They want you to experience that treasure finding. They want you to do all this other stuff and experience it when you're grounded rather than just pay someone a flat fee, go fly in the air and just miss all of that ground exploration type stuff that's out there to do. So I kinda yeah. I, I like the idea of this. The other reason that I like the fact that we're you know, we're getting an achievement, it kinda reminds me of the whole Netherwing grind back in Burning Crusade. Mm. Where you kind of, you, you unlock something. Um, in that case, it was, you know, you unlocked a reputation and you did these story quests and things. And I'm sorry, I will never forget the booterang. It was my favorite thing ever. <laughs> but you did all of that stuff and you got a free mount out of the deal, right? Well, this is the same thing. You do a bunch of stuff, you get the free mount out of the deal. And I really like how they're approaching it. I like the fact that it's, it, it, it's like a reward, kind of a trade-off thing. I don't just pay somebody a flat amount of gold. Yeah, I I
1: have to admit I don't even know if I if it's the way they're doing it doesn't necessarily I want to do it before I feel like I I have an opinion on how they're doing it but I like that they listen to people and they didn't you know they didn't just backtrack on what they said neither did they were they inflexible and said no this is our vision and we're going to do it they I mean sat they down could said, have slapped okay. a vendor
2: in there they could have just slapped yeah. a vendor in there and said here you go and instead they said okay. We want you to experience this particular stuff from the ground, so we'll give you flying after you've experienced that. And I think that's a good compromise. And the thing is, is like once you do it once, it's account wide. It unlocks for all your characters, all your. You only have to do it once.
1: Yeah, I actually don't know if I like that. I kind of feel like maybe they should make it so you have to do it again. But I mean, I know a lot of people who I'm cool with. You know, your alts being unlocked. I'm cool with that. I also, I mean the other thing i'm not 100% sure i'm cool on is that your alt's get it at 90. Mm yeah. That's kind of like, you know what? No. You don't your alt doesn't need to fly until level 100. But but again, i know people will feel differently. I'm just saying i i do like that they came up with a design for this, that they came yeah. up with a game design solution to the problem of they wanted to do x and everybody like, you know, a, a big chunk of the players were like, no, we want y. They didn't just. They didn't just say no. It's our game. We're doing what we want. They sat down and looked at it and thought of a way to make it work within their vision of the game. And I'm
2: almost kind of okay with the whole getting it at level ninety thing. Getting the flying at level ninety for your alts. Because I mean, when you're playing your alt, you just want to get them to max level most of the time, anyway.
1: Yeah.
2: So I get you. I'm, I'm why not, not fast you know, forward?
1: I'm not like you know to a hundred percent opposed to it or anything. It's just something I was thinking about when I was looking at it. It, it is to me though. It's it's interesting to see the way they've done it. I'm kind of wondering if like in the future, instead of having it be, because this is this is still kind of a cobbled together way to do it. I mean, have the this achievement that already existed, this achievement that already existed. If they'll design the next expansion with the idea that you'll unlock flying at a certain point,
2: I like that. If they yeah. if they put this in a future expansion and let us know that it was there for the future expansion and go, okay, so here's your Pathfinder stuff. This is the stuff you have to accomplish so that you'll get flying when you, you know, reach a certain level, get these repu- – You know, if they did it this route in future ex- – I- I'd be cool with that. I'd be totally cool with that. I wouldn't have to spend any gold on it. Are you kidding me? I'd be awesome with that. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it, is, it is definitely something that you know, I think we, they could use moving forward. It's because there's been a kind of – there's been a few missteps in design this expansion. So when they do get something right like this, I think it needs to be said that I think they have done something right. Um, so we, it's probably not really get to talk about the Q&A because they did talk a lot about Garrison stuff and how – I just want to mention one of the things they talked about in the Q&A, and I think this is something Alex has said a few times and I know it's something Ants talked about, is that they gave too much to the Garrison. Like yeah. if the Garrison became too, e- too rewarding, and that's why people don't leave it because you can get everything at the Garrison
2: there 's no reason to leave that. the garrison because anything that you can do everything from there and i I still kind of want to write an editorial about this because it's it 's very strange to me how how that turned out because they were approaching it from one direction and they approached it so enthusiastically that it ended up doing the opposite of what they wanted it to do.
0: <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's not just, I mean, the garrison had a lot of rewards, yes, but it was also, uh, they didn't put much compelling out in the world. So, you know, both you got everything from the garrison and outside of the garrison, there was nothing of value.
1: It would have been interesting if they'd made, like, some of that stuff be at your, like, outposts, wouldn't it? Like, if in order to get, like, say, you wanted to, like, do certain missions, you had to go out to your outpost to do them or even go out to the world to do them. I, I don't know. There's just, there's room for change there in my opinion, but, mm. uh, Adam's informing me that we, we need to start wrapping the show up. So I guess that'll be it for tonight. Uh, um, behalf of, you know, me being incredibly exhausted. I apologize if I rambled tonight. I know that I tend to do that when I'm tired. Uh, I want to thank both Anne and Alex for being here.
2: Thanks and for having me. you all.
1: Thanks for listening. Everybody. Um, that's the oh oh yeah remember if you want to send an email to us see this is me remembering the last minute um we send it to podcast at com. we'd love getting emails uh we'd love answering them i try to remember to get those two emails at the end of the show uh into next weeks and uh alex how do how do patreon people get us if,
0: uh if people want to support us I, um you can go to com slash the community um, you, you know your support pays for this podcast for everything we do um so yeah patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. and if you have any questions you can send them to me there too good night everybody
2: everybody.
1: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter